What it do, baby? What does it do? What does it do? We're back. I'm back, I should say. This is the Detroiter. I'm your host. I'm Nick Bradley. We're covering sports. Well, we usually cover sports in the Motor City and the Midden States. Might be doing something a little different today. Might be just shooting the shit today. Just hanging out, talking about whatever it is that comes to mind. Wherever the wind blows, if you will. Whichever way the grass grows, if you will. Don't really have much on the docket as far as the Troy goes. Um, the Larkin news, not news, but conversation as far as extending him. We kind of covered that last week pretty deeply, I would say. I mean, my stance, I think it's clear. If you want to go back and listen to that, I've we delved into it a little bit. I talked about, you know, I, I acknowledge the people that don't want to resign him. I, I see their point of view. I gave mine. I gave mine. And in, in my case... Um, I happen to believe that my point of view is the right one. Now, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want it to be a conversation. I don't want to be telling you what to think. I don't want to make it seem like I'm the all-seeing eye because I'm not. But I feel like the Red Wings should re-sign him. So if you want to hear a more in-depth talk about that, go back to last week's episodes. We get into it heavy. Pistons, not much to say, right? Uh, I got smoked by the Mavs the other day. Talking a bunch of shit, I guess. We got an assistant who's... We got an assistant coach who's getting in uh, Luka Doncic's grill. Interesting. We got Isaiah Livers at the end of the game getting in Luka Doncic's grill. Also interesting uh, because, again, you know, it's our assistant coach and Isaiah Livers. And uh, they both happen to work for the Pistons, who are a joke. Who are a joke. So I don't really know what's going on there. Like, I'm of the belief that Luka Doncic – it's going to be a little morbid here. Luka Doncic could tell them both, I hope your mother dies. Now, that would be a terrible thing to say, right? It's bigger than basketball. Luka knows that. I don't think he would ever say anything like that. But let's just say we're living in a world where Luka becomes the joker for the night. The Detroit Pistons, something about him in their 13 years straight of being pathetic. It just doesn't sit right with Luka. His competitive spirit won't allow him to, to be okay with the Pistons doing that. And he just gets after it. And he gets personal um, and he says things that should not be said on a basketball court. Even if that was the case that Luka Doncic did that, I would still be here like, okay, well, you are the Pistons and you are Isaiah Livers and you're a coach on a staff that's led by Dwayne Casey. So, you know, you kind of got to just take it. It's not a nice thing for anybody to say. Certainly not during a game of basketball where there's much bigger things, right? Like we don't want to bring family into basketball. Listen, you're the fucking Pistons, dude. If he's saying that, I don't agree with it. It's not a nice thing to say. Um, he probably didn't mean it. He just said it out of anger. But even if he did, you should shut the fuck up. You should take it on the chin and keep on with your day. Go ahead, finish this game, lose by 30, get on the plane and forget it ever happened. That's what you should do. You wear red, white, and blue in the in the association? Yeah, dude. Pretty much anybody can say whatever they want. And there shouldn't be any chatter back because what are you going to say? We'll lose to you again. We'll be the worst team again next year. Just you wait. What are you going to say? Oh, wait till we kick your ass. They're going to laugh. That's the worst thing you could say. What? Oh, remember when uh, I was going to say when we beat you, but I don't remember that either. What are you going to say? There's nothing you can say. It's Luca too. One of the stars of the league who absolutely, I think he dropped like 52 in that game, cooked us. What the fuck are you going to say to him? I don't care if he was chirping. Of course he was chirping. 
He's hanging a 50-piece on you. How couldn't he be chirping? And if it's true, like Lucas said, that you guys started it, you ran your mouse first, fucking sit up and shut your, know your place and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Honest to God. Kelsey said it best. He wasn't just talking to the Cincinnati mayor. He spoke for Dallas Mavericks fans talking to the Detroit Pistons. Know your place and shut your mouth, you jabronis. That's what the Pistons are, dude. They're a bunch of jabronis. Is there anybody that believes they aren't a bunch of jabronis? Because why? What makes you say that they aren't jabronis? Because the bad boys happened in Detroit? Because Isaiah Thomas, thank God, became a Detroit Piston in the 80s or the 70s whenever he got drafted? What? Why? Why shouldn't Luca be calling us jabronis? All we fucking do is lose. We got a fan base who from day one of every single season is talking about the draft lottery. It's talking about tanking. It's talking about flipping assets for picks. It's talking about this next generational prospect. He'll be the reason that we don't suck anymore. That's what we look forward to as Pistons fans. That's our NBA finals. Is Victor Wimanyama, is that number one going to be a Pistons logo? That's it. That's that's what we get up for. We don't get up for playoff series. We, there's no such thing as big games for the Pistons. But you guys want to talk shit to Luka? I don't know what was said. Um, to some level, you know, I, I'm obviously like kind of joking and kind of laying it on because you know how I feel about the Pistons. I understand the competitive spirit. Like nobody at that level, even if you are Isaiah Livers or that coach, nobody at that level is going to just take shit off people. But like you said, Luca, at least we started it, which I don't know what you're starting as a Detroit Piston in a game. This guy is fucking frying you like chicken fingers. I don't know what it is you're going to say. If he starts chirping and he's running his mouth, all right, I get it. You're not going to back down just because you guys do suck and you are the Pistons. You're not going to back down. And yeah, he is Luca, but fuck it. You're not going to take shit off anybody. I get it. I was with Stu last year when LeBron cheap shot at him and he wasn't having it. I get it. I understand. And losing makes you even more upset. Your competitive edge is a little bit thinner when you're losing all the fucking time. You can snap a little bit quicker when you're on the worst team 13 years running. I get it. But, you know, like I said, they're the Mavs. He's Luka. They're going to play in a playoff game. People will care what happens to them. They will win a couple games. And we're the Pistons. And you're Isaiah Livers and whoever the fucking the, the coach is. Eh, maybe look the other way, pretend you didn't hear them, and go on with your day. Because you're the fucking Detroit Pistons. Tigers, nothing. I mean, we're waiting on opening day, right? Uh, they, I think I, I may have mentioned it last week, but they changed the dimensions to Comerica. That's exciting. That's cool. The, the outfield's not as big anymore. So maybe they won't lose all of the games. God damn it. Why does everyone have to be so depressing? God damn it. Why is that the lead in? The Tigers have lost. Hey, they downsized the outfield. That's cool. Maybe they won't lose all the fucking time, even though they definitely will. That wasn't the reason. God damn it. It'd be cool to have a fun baseball team over the summer. But we don't. And then the Lions are in the offseason, and we, you know, we got all summer to talk about that. With everything else going on in this town, every other sport, sports franchise we got here, it's we'll talk about the Lions again. What are we going to do? Keep talking about the Red Wings and the Pistons and the Tigers? That's, that's crazy. That's the definition of insanity. Except for I don't even know if I'm expecting things to change. I'm just talking about it to make myself feel bad, to get my heart rate up. 
to make sure I go to the doctor more often. That's the only reason those three teams get mentioned. Either that or the draft. Either that or we'll get one Banyama and we can be excited for a week and then fucking who cares? Fuck, man. Dark times. Really dark times. It sucks. I wish they were light times. I wish they were fun times. I wish they were exciting times, happy times. Something I wanted to see times, something I wanted to talk about times, appointment television times, making t-shirt times. Ah, but they're not, but they're not, but they're not, but they're not. Anyways, this is the new setup. If you guys are watching on YouTube, I think this is going to be the permanent setup. I think I'm going to go to this always. I uh, put that video out last week (laughs) because I can't, because I was trying to figure out the green screen because the lighting's all fucked and this new camera and this, that, the other thing I'm trying to avoid spending like 300 bucks on a new camera that's going to make anything look perfect. That day may come regardless, but I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying to work around it for now. I think ran into this problem. I think this camera I'm using now only records up to 720p. Yikes. I think that might be the case. I think that that's why when I fucking, when I make a sharp movement, it is a little laggy on the screen. I think that's why. And that sucks. Um, like I said, we may invest in a new camera at some point here. That would have been a great Christmas gift. Fucking A. Uh, but you never know. Maybe we'll have a good shirt month. I'll go out. We'll get a camera and this thing's really going to get rolling. Hey, hey, there's a thought. There's a thought. We get the shirts cooking a little bit. I got the Bengals design coming out. The Georgia design. We're going to start moving into uh, just like regular streetwear, not as much sports affiliated. Once the Super Bowl's all said and done with. Hey. Maybe we get the shirts cooking and we get a nice little camera. We fix the lighting up. We make this place look like ESPN's paying for it. How about that? There's a thought. But in the meantime, this is what we got. I got to be honest, too. I think I might prefer the couch. It's comfortable. Like, do you see the spot I'm in, dude? I am fucking nestled into this corner. I got spots for my arms. I can go up and around if I want. I can sit here. I got the pillows to hold on to. I got sports playing in the background. Beautiful setup if MSU's playing or the Red Wings. Beautiful setup if we've got a game we're interested. A little live recording. Maybe I acknowledge it here and there as I'm recording about something else. Beautiful setup for something like that. And my legs, dude. Listen, I think I talked about it on Fridays. That desk chair over there, it's uneven, man. I fucked up, guys. I fucked up. Listen, I thought I followed the instructions. When I assembled that thing, I was on a heater of assembling furniture. When I first moved in, I had a new couch, desks, TV stand, lamps, fucking everything, bed for everything was new. I'm a, I get home from work. I assemble shit. Maybe I record a podcast. I go to bed every, that was it every day. It was like, what piece is getting done today? So I was kind of in a groove. There was a while there where I'm getting used to what uh, Wayfair sends you. I'm getting used to what Ikea wants you to do with that wrench. I'm getting used to what these screws that are unlabeled are exactly for. I'm starting to get the hang of this thing. I was in flow, right? The desk chair, that's one of the last things I did. I may have ordered that after I had all the other equipment already here, all the other furniture set up. I I was fucking Jordan in his prime going into that desk chair. I could swear I did everything right. I followed the instructions step-by-step, didn't veer off the beaten path, would never even dream of it. Didn't have any leftover parts that seemed like they should have been used. Never really got overly confused that I can remember at any step of the instructions. 
looked like the pictures to me. I'm not a chair expert. I haven't spent my life around chairs. I've sat in a lot of them. I have some good experience sitting in them. Now I have not built a ton of them. I haven't designed many, if any, um, but it looked like a chair. It was coming along like a chair. It, it felt like something a person would sit in and you could be pretty comfortable for a while. Is it the nicest chair in the world? No. Right. Is it the same chair Jeff Bezos is using running Amazon? No, absolutely not. But it's a chair. It swivels. It goes up, up and down. It has a cushion. The lumbar support, according to the reviews, was just phenomenal for the price. It seemed like a quality chair. Look, I put it together step by step. Didn't get lost. Never had any questions. Get the thing together. And maybe my floor is uneven, although I don't think it is because nothing else in this godforsaken apartment is uneven. But that chair just sits a little bit off center. That chair is just a little bit slanted left to right. I can feel it. It's not crazy. It's not super obvious. But if you sit in it for 20, 30 minutes, you start to go, I don't know. It's uh, something about this chair doesn't feel totally right. You put your arms down on the armrest and you're like, are my shoulders tense? What's going on here? Why are my shoulders? Why do my, why's my back like, why am I slouching all of a sudden? I fucked up. Plain and simple. I'm not going to blame it on anybody else. I didn't have an extra set of hands. I fucked up. The chair is just not that comfortable. It's a little uneven. I don't know if it was I tightened one screw too tight. Maybe I forgot a part. There goes the hat. I screwed the seat on incorrectly. I don't know what it is, but the chair is just not comfortable. I do the podcast there, and by the end of it, I need to just fucking hang from a jungle gym. I just dead dead weight my back. I need a uh, one of those things they use in ancient Egypt. Just stretch your body out. They use it as a form of torture. In this case, it would have been the greatest torture I've ever received. I just needed some fucking pull me apart, dude. Work out some of these kinks. I immediately pull up TikTok, just chiropractors cracking backs, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh, do they do appointments at eleven o'clock, dude? That looks fucking incredible. Some people watch porn before bed. I watch chiropractor videos. We are not the same. So I like the couch. The couch is a little more comfortable. It feels more relaxed. I can sit here longer. I kind of like holding the mics. It's not so bad. So I think we might start doing stuff here. And then instead of the green screen, I mean, we obviously still got it back there, but we'll just put the images up here, the images up there, if we're changing topics or if I'm making clips. It doesn't seem like the worst idea now, does it? It really doesn't. Um, so that's, that's the explanation for moving. I also little, I don't know. What do you call it? Test re market research, market test. When like Taco Bell puts a new item on the menu and they, they test how people like it before it goes out. Like they get 20 people together and I go, this is the new D Dorito Chalupa Supreme crunch market research, little market research. Friends watched the video last week. They said it was kind of funny. <laughs> I like the couch. Look, it's like we're just hanging out. It's more inviting to watch. That's what I'm all about. Let's get eyeballs. Let's get listeners. Let's get people here. Let's grow the community. You see someone at the gym, you go, hey, you listen to, we're friends now. That's just how it works. You and me, we've been friends. Now let's make you friends with the others out there. Let's grow the fucking network. Sitting on a couch is going to help me do that. I'll I will never move. I'll never move. I'd be inclined to do so if, if I never had to pay rent or go to work. I wouldn't move anyways. You're telling me we're going to grow the pod? You're telling me the audience is going to grow? You're telling me we're going to sell a couple more t-shirts? you tell telling me 
we're going to walk down the street and fucking high five each other because we love the couch. Then let's sit on the couch. Let's record on the couch. Let's make a little bit of magic happen on the couch guys. All right, let me take a quick break. And on the flip side, we'll talk NFL playoffs. That Cincy KC game. I mean, wow. The penalty at the end, all the penalties really for the Bengals, that whole game, you know, I don't think that they got robbed. They didn't play well enough to win, but Jesus Christ, I could feel their pain watching that game. As a Lions fan, we've been there. Hasn't been in the AFC championship either, but goddamn, we have been there. I could feel it. I could feel it. The Eagles game wasn't as fun, you know, Niners down to their fourth quarterback. I can't even remember the guy's name. They just looked terrible. They couldn't pick up a first down. Once Philly hit 21, it was game. And I think Philly was the better team. Philly's been the best team in the league all year. So they deserve to go. Philly's, or, uh, Philly Chiefs, that'll be a good game. That'll be an exciting game. So quick break. We'll talk some NFL. The Last of Us, episode three. Maybe just a spell on candles. Because I bought a candle today. And uh, are these things made of gold? Is that the scent? Is that what burns? The wick is made of gold? Because I, I don't get it. Quick break. Hey, yo, I feel bad for the Chiefs or I mean, for the Bengals fans, I do. And I'm not just saying that. Look, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Nick, this little fucker. He made the Bengals design. He's sad for the Bengals. The referees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sad. I made that design. I just finished it today before I started recording. I'm looking at this thing going, whoa, 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 whoa. This thing should be illegal. It's that fucking gas. This thing should go for 500 bucks on the dark web. It's that fucking gas. Jamar Chase, Joe, and T. Higgins. I'm looking at this fucking design for the Bengals that I made. I'm sitting here going, dude, they might print out a banner in Cincinnati. That mayor, if they win the game, they might print this thing out as a banner and hang it over City Hall. Like it's being fumigated for cockroaches, just bangles, courtesy of the second string. We couldn't resist. We know this building looks like shit, but I'll tell you what, that design doesn't. That design does not. It gets the people of Cincy going. The bars are crowded every night of the week. Everybody's making money. The coffee shops, the retail, there's foot traffic. The parking garages are making a fortune. How about this design from the second string? I'll oh, forget town hall. That place never existed. We don't need to vote on shit. We're in the fucking Super Bowl. Bengals fans would have been eating it up, dude. They're back. They lost to the Rams last year in a game. They probably felt like they could have, should have won. Joe Burrow, year two. T. All these guys are another year older. Zach, Zach Taylor starting to hit his stride a little bit. You've got more of a defense, I think, now in Cincinnati. Yep, the O-line's still a weakness, but that was a weakness last year. It didn't fucking matter. Sure, the Eagles are a wagon, but hey, it's our year. It's Cincinnati's year. This one was meant for us. Everybody would be flying high. Yeah, I'm a little bummed out the Bengals lost. Yeah, I was clapping when Joe Burrow made that throw to Hayden Hurst on third and 16 at the end of the game. Yeah, I thought they were going to run the two-minute drill down the field and score to win it. Yeah, I thought Joe Burrow was that guy. Yeah, I thought Joe Burrow would cement himself as maybe the best quarterback in the league. 
yeah, I thought he was going to do some shit that forced Kansas City to engrave Burrowhead, cross out arrow and write Burrow above it. Yeah, dude. I thought Eli Apple was going to be Twitter fingers too. I thought I could see it. I saw the vision. It was right there. They had the opportunity. They had the ball at the end of the game. Joe Burrow was looking like Joe Burrow. He made a couple throws, and you're going, this fucking guy's going to do it, isn't he? Jamar Chase is having a nice game. T. Higgins had a sick catch already for six. Yeah. Yeah, I was in. And, yeah, I'm disappointed. And fucking it sucks that this Bengals design, I mean, I'm still going to put it out. Come on, guys. I'm still going to put it out for whoever, you know, just wants to look fresh, A. Eh? But it's not going to do what it would have done had they won. It's not going to provide the same return. It's not going to generate the buzz. Plain and simple. But all of that shit aside, the Lions fan in me, it it hurt to watch them go down that way. Now, we can sit here and argue all fucking day, what about this play? Trey Hendrickson is getting held. What about this play? Sam Hubbard's getting held. What about that play? Kansas City, that was intentional grounding. What about when Joe Burrow got roughed? Absolutely. There are a lot of different plays we can go back and look at and say, maybe that should have been a hold. Maybe that should have been a flag. Yes. Yes. But at the end of the day, Cincinnati did get outplayed. Now, here's the thing. Going into Arrowhead and playing the Kansas City Chiefs, and Pat Mahomes, although the ankle did look like it was still a factor, looked pretty fucking good, especially compared to the week before when he was playing through it against the Jaguars. Cincinnati going into that game, like to win that game on the road after you already did it last year in the Burrowhead comments and everything, to do it, you probably need like a couple of those calls to go your way. Like you need to be on the Kansas City side of those calls. You calls. You might need a suspect roughing the passer. You might need a couple holds that go unnoticed. Like you probably need the benefit of the doubt from the refs, and it went the exact opposite way, which that was kind of like the dagger in the coffin. Coffin. Had they played better, maybe they would have overcome it, right? Had they the offense kind of struggled. I know Kansas City's got a pretty solid front four, and uh, Cincinnati's offensive line, like we mentioned, just ain't it. But they had the chances. They just didn't play well. They didn't move the ball well enough. They didn't run the ball at all. Joe Burrow got hit like 50 fucking times. The longest run of the day was when Joe Burrow took off at the end and made that nice move. That play was sick. Jamar Chase, he had a pretty good game, but he did, he wasn't dominant. Like Kansas City just doubled him in teeth seemingly the entire game. Even when they did complete passes to those guys, it was in a fucking window with help over top. The one hit Jamar, Jamar Chase right in the head. Cincinnati just didn't have it. They just didn't have the firepower to get it done. Um, Kansas City led in pretty much every relevant category. It felt like when they needed first downs, when they needed points, when they needed a play, Pat Mahomes was able to deliver. And there were a few times where Joe Burrow did, and Cincinnati made a couple of those momentum plays that felt like maybe they'd be the start of the epic comeback, but they could just never put it all together. And, yeah, a little bit of that is – you know, Kansas City getting to redo that third down. The guy was just blowing the whistle that nobody fucking heard. All right. All right. They did show the replay and he ran in with his hands waving, but all right. All right. There were a couple penalties where it's like, that's a fucking, that's a drive saver. That's, that's big for KC. But that penalty at the end on Osai, that was a rough, or that was a, that was a late hit. You, you can't do that. And I understand he's full speed. The first down markers right there. 
He's a young dude. It's a huge fucking moment, the biggest of his career. He's trying to make a play. Like, that's an impossible ask from Joseph Osai. That's like saying, I'm starving, but I told myself I'm going to eat clean and sending me a do a buffet where it's Chinese food, hamburgers, they got chocolate chip cookies, and going, don't eat anything. Don't eat one single thing. That's like what you're asking Joseph Osai to do on that play. He's fucking dead set. He's not thinking about anything else on planet Earth than stopping Pat Mahomes from getting to this point. He's in a dead sprint. He is seeing red. He's going to do everything in his fucking power to make sure that that guy goes out of bounds as soon as possible. He knows Pat Mahomes is going for it. There is no sliding. Pat Mahomes isn't fucking pulling up a yard short of the sticks. It is a death match. It is a sprint. Who wants it more? He's not thinking about, oh, shit, he stepped out two fucking milliseconds ago. Don't touch him. He's not thinking about that. He's thinking about making a play. I'm starving. I haven't eaten in a day, and there's orange chicken, dude. I'm making seven plates of it, and I might go back for an eighth. I do have to save room for some of the cookies, though. It's an impossible thing to ask of somebody, and it's just the way it went. Like, it sucks that it went that way. It sucks that that penalty just immediately put them into uh, field goal position and then Butker nailed it. It sucks that that was the thing that did it as, as opposed to like Mahomes hitting Kelsey on a 30 yard post corner. That would have felt more organic, more right. Like Casey went out and did it. There was no help from the refs, but it was a late hit. It was a late hit. Like in that play on national TV, you got to call it. Cause guess what? Even though all those calls were going against Cincinnati for like the entire second half. And yes, a lot of them were critical. You can't not call that one. Because if the refs don't, we're sitting here going whether or not Cincinnati or KC won the game. It doesn't matter. If the refs don't call that, me and every fucking talk show in America are sitting here going, how the hell was that not an extra 15? Cincinnati was gifted that game. They got the ball back in overtime. They should have never had the ball. Everybody, It's just a flipped conversation. It was a penalty. Everybody was watching. They fucking saw it. They threw the flag, and that was it. Plain and simple. It sucks that it went down that way. But I do think it was it, that the result was the way it should have been. I think Kansas City deserved to win. Um, even when Joe Burrow and the Bengals had that ball with the two-minute drill and had a chance to go down and win it, it, it felt like if they go and do this, that wow, they just stole a game. That's what it felt like. That was kind of the mood of the game. Like, I can't believe – these guys have it back with two minutes and a chance to win. That's how it felt when they got the ball. They were pinned down and everything, and they were struggling all day. But it was like, are they really about to fucking do this? Because it felt, even though it was back and forth, and it was a pretty tight one all night, it felt like Kansas City was outplaying him. All night, you were kind of waiting for KC to pull away. All night, you were waiting for, all right, two-score game, three-score game. All right, Kansas City's just the better team. And the Bengals got it back, and it was like, wait a second. How do they even have a chance? I swear I've been watching, and I swear, KC, this game should be fucking not all but done at this point. So I think the the right team won. It just sucks that there's this asterisk of, like, these refs throwing critical flags, and it's third down after third down after third down, and then they get in the field goal position because of a, a late hit. And it's Cincy, and they're, you know, a, a disimpoverished – that can't be the word – impoverished? Yeah, impoverished franchise, right? They, they starved for success. They were there last year. This felt like their year where they were going to do it, especially after that Bills game, and it goes down like that. I feel you as a Lions fan, but I think the right team won that game. I think the better team won that game. 
I can't say. We'll never know. Like, who would give the Eagles a better game? But I think KC deserved the win. So, you know, it is what it is. It's part of the game. You guys will be good again next year. You'll still have Joe Burrow and those wide receivers. Hopefully you get him some help on the offensive line. And I'm sure Cincinnati will be back causing some noise being interesting next year. I'm still going to drop the shirts, Bengals fans. You're still going to see this thing in all of its glory. And I'll put them out for a weekend here, and then we'll save them, and we'll put them out again in the fall next year. But you'll still get the shirts. Don't cry too hard. I was pretty sad, too. And then I go, well, these guys love this team. People like the Bengals. They're fresh as fuck. It's all right. We'll put the shirts out anyway. Why not? I don't want to hold those things back from the audience. What does that make me if I starve you of this fucking immaculate design? The Eagles game, a little less interesting. I mean, they kind of, you know, they kind of ran the show from the start, huh? Right when Purdy went out, it was like, oh, 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 Eagle score on their first drive. Oh, 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 oh. This doesn't look too good for the city of brotherly love. Oh, 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 oh. They're down to their, I mean, for, for San Francisco, excuse me. They're down to their four string quarterback guy. I've never, or Josh Johnson played for like 17 teams, XFL MVP. Ooh, that's not who you want in Philadelphia against the one seed. That's, ooh, 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 ooh. did this guy just get picked up this week? Has he practiced? Oh, 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 you kind of felt it. And like I said, right when the Eagles made it 21-7, it felt like a dagger. It was just, okay, so Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. But again, again, I'm glad. Like as great as San Francisco was this year and as awesome as their defense was in fucking Christian McCaffrey, unbelievable that guy. That boy is nice with it. That boy, dude, Christian McCaffrey is sick, bro. I get why they made the trade. I didn't really understand it at first. Granted, I didn't think San Francisco was this good. I definitely didn't think they'd had the ability to go this far. But when they went out and got McCaffrey, I was a little bit like, all right. I mean, hey, I respect that they're going for it. It's cool. He's a hometown kid. But all right. All right, I guess. Well, all right, fine. Fair enough. But I get why they went and got Christian McCaffrey. The injuries, you know, that sucks. Like, he's going to be there next year, and he's for sure going to miss at least four games. That sucks, but, you know, that's part of the deal. He made some plays where I was like, dude, if they didn't have this guy – this game would be 52 to zero if they didn't have this guy. They wouldn't pick up a yard if McCaffrey wasn't on the squad. I was honestly hoping for a while there that they would throw him in a QB. Like, I, I genuinely think he would have been an upgrade. Now, they did do the run play where they, I think they lateraled it to him and then he tried to throw it and he threw it to fucking nowhere and it looked terrible. That play wasn't good. As soon as they ran that play, I was like, oh, that's why they haven't. That's why they haven't put him in a QB. But I was sitting there going, dude, this guy, like, A, he's played football his whole whole life. A, he's a freak. He's probably played quarterback at some point. He's been around footballs enough where he knows how to throw him. Gotta believe he's played catch with his brothers and shit before. Like, fucking throw him back there. Let's see what Christian McCaffrey can do. I don't fucking care if he doesn't know the playbook. Why do we love Pat Mahomes? Not because he runs the X's and O's. Yeah, he does. But we love him because he's a backyard guy. He starts scrambling. He throws from weird angles. He's hitting people he can't even see. What's Christian McCaffrey going to do? This guy's feeling it. You can't tackle him. He'll take off and run any given fucking play. What are you going to do? Sit seven back when Christian McCaffrey can take off for five every single time if he wants to? He's not going to be afraid to get hit, dude. He'll lower his shoulder and get two more. He'll make you miss. Get five more. Yeah, he can hit Debo Samuel. I'd assume if Debo's wide open 20 yards away, I'd assume McCaffrey could put the ball on him. Let's see. 
Why not? Josh Johnson, it's not working, Kyle. The four-string QB, it's not getting it done. And then they went back to Purdy after he got hurt. Purdy can't throw the ball five yards. He tore his UCL. He had the Tommy John injury. The guy can't throw the ball past the first down marker. Yeah, he's the quarterback. Yeah, he probably knows the playbook a little bit better. Let's fucking give McCaffrey a shot. It was juice check. They said if Johnson got hurt, they were like, Kyle, juice check. He's the next one. He's the next QB. Why the? I mean, he's a freak too, but McCaffrey really must throw like a bitch. Like McCaffrey must not be able to hit the broadside of a barn. If we're going with the fullback over him, brother, brother, I know there's San Francisco 49er fans out there right now, tossing and turning in their sleep, waking up at 3 a.m. just staring at the ceiling going, why didn't McCaffrey get any snaps? Why didn't we go McCaffrey for a drive? Why didn't Kyle Shanahan have this thought? We had nothing to lose. Everything he was doing, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the water boy, none of those guys could play QB. Anybody with a brain knew it. Maybe McCaffrey can't either, but guess what, dude? He's Christian McCaffrey. He might do some crazy shit. We know he's capable of some stuff you didn't think was possible. Put him in there and see what the fuck happens. We won't even call plays. Just six offensive, 5-0 linemen, a running back who stays in. Guys, get open. That That's just the playbook. It's like intramural flag. We huddle for two seconds. Hey, hey, Jack, you do a post corner. Everybody else, uh, I guess, do a hitch or just look at me and they'll do scramble drill. You can't tell me that that's not a halfway decent idea in that moment. If Brock Purdy's healthy and good and he's slinging it and the UCL is fucking connected and Tommy John hasn't gotten a call, then yeah, let's roll with Purdy and let's keep this thing moving. The moment he went down and the moment you saw the first couple of Josh Johnson drives and you were like, all right, so let me get this straight. We either run a screen, we throw it in the flat to McCaffrey, or we hit McCaffrey on like an angle. Other than those three plays, it's either an incomplete or a sack every time. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Kyle Shanahan, some wonder kid. All I hear all the time before he got the Niners job too, this Kyle Shanahan, this guy's a fucking genius. This guy's an offensive megamind. He's from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Would you believe that? <laughs> Kyle, you're so smart. McCaffrey for a drive. Who's it going to hurt, dude? He went out and traded for him. He was the big blockbuster addition. Go give him a couple snaps. See what happens. I know he's played quarterback at some point in high school. Their starter got hurt. Hey, Christian, take a few. Stanford, somebody goes down. Hey, Christian, why not? Practice, they're fucking around. You're playing a mobile quarterback. Hey, Christian, go give us a look. Anything. I mean, you're telling me this guy has no clue what's going on under center. I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. And even if he didn't, scrap the playbook. Christian, you played backyard football, right? You use Pablo Sanchez as your QB. Great. We're going to use that playbook. There's about 12 plays on this play sheet. We just call them play one, play two, so on and so forth. Other than that, everybody line up two wide each side and we'll go and we'll just fucking run around and I don't know, do something. Be a ball player, Christian, because I got nothing. Josh over there, he can't throw it longer than I can kick it. That's a problem. My legs are fucking broken, Christian. Anything? I was surprised. So, you know, I'm glad the Eagles won. They, again, talk about deserving to win. That game was over before it even fucking started, dude. The moment Brock Purdy went down, it was like, all right, this that's a bummer. This game's just curtains. I don't even need to watch the rest. That sucks. But the Eagles are sick. 
I'm glad they're in it. They're going to be a hell of a matchup against the Chiefs. The link is electric, dude. Philly fans are fucking awesome. It would be sick to play in Philadelphia. I know they get hate for throwing batteries at Santa Claus and shitting on their own guys. It would be sick to play in front of Philadelphia fans. Those people go nuts for sports, dude. Watching the Phillies all world, like their World Series run, place goes bananas. They're registering earthquakes, dog. They're registering earthquakes when people hit home runs. And the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Da-da-da, so on and so forth. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Sickest victory song in the game. Sick. The Lions got a good one. I love the Lions one. It hits different at Ford Field. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. That hits different. I'm sitting on my couch going, Eagles. I'm sitting there like I was born five minutes from town hall. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting there like my eighth birthday party was going to see the Liberty Bell. Fly, Eagles. Fly. Song is a heater. Place is erupting. Philly's going back. They signed Carson once. Nobody thought they could do it. They got their Super Bowl. Here come the dark days. They're going back with Jalen Hurts. With the sickest offense I've ever seen. Jason Kelsey hitting dances with Miles Sanders. Come on, Philly. Come on. How couldn't you want the Eagles to win that game? How don't you want them in the Super Bowl? So I'm excited. Um, Last of Us. Last of Us episode three. One of the best episodes of television I've ever watched. I, I got to say it. It was a curveball. It came out of nowhere. I saw, I remember last or the previous week, we saw Nick Offerman, a.k.a. Ron, the man swan in the preview. I thought he was going to be like a new character that enters the fray, you know, like, all right, now we, this is a new guy. Ron Swanson's here. He's friends with everybody. I didn't think it was just going to be a one or a one episode love story. And my God, was it ever that thing? I was sitting there by the end, like, fuck, there's no way these guys are dying. There's no way these guys are dying. Think about this. I hate to say it. Maybe this is a hot take. We've known Joel and Ellie for both three episodes now. I was way more upset that one of those two guys were dying. Frank and Bill fucking RIP gone, but never forgotten. Neither of you. Time washes by. Love runs dry. God damn it, dude. Of course I downloaded the song. It's at the top of my Spotify library. Listen to it like three times a day. Put it on my Instagram story. I don't give a fuck, dude. I was touched. I was more broken up that Bill and Frank died than if Joel and or Ellie had died. That's where we were at. Known these guys three episodes now. They're the main characters of the show. I was more gutted for Bill and Frank than I would have been if they got clipped by a zombie or Hydra or Fedra, whatever the fuck they're called. Fucking pull one in between Ellie's eyes. I was. Plain and simple. I don't think I'm alone. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm a sucker for a good love story. But damn, dude, they knocked it out. They knocked it out. Because at the beginning, you know, when they first meet, he's in the hole. And it's like, all right, this is just character development to Ron Swanson's guy. We're just learning, like, what kind of guy he is. He's going to shoot this dude. He's not going to let him in, whatever. Or this guy's going to come in and then backstab or something. You know, I'm not thinking these dudes are about to fall in love and break my fucking heart. I'm not I'm not sitting here thinking that these two guys are going to grow old together and have the best life you could have in this godforsaken dystopian world and they're going to die not of zombies, not of the government, not of a bullet wound or a bite. They're going to die of old age 
and I'm going to be sitting there more torn up than if they took a zombie to the neck. I didn't see that in the cards. I had no clue that was coming. And as the episode wears on and you grow more attached and he trades the gun for the strawberries, don't worry. It was a small one. They're eating the dinner. They're playing the piano. They're going on the run. They have the tense moment. Their lives are on the line. Pedro Pascal, Joel warned them. They're going to come. Raiders are going to come at night and they're the fence, man. It might not hold up. And he takes a bullet and Frank nurses him back to life. And they live out their days in the strawberry patch. Next thing I know, Frank's in a wheelchair. He's got ALS. He can barely hold a paintbrush. That's not the Frank I remember. That's not the Frank I fell in love with. And it's sadder now that they lived. It's more depressing that they built this fucking fortress and made friends and bartered for fruit seeds and and fixed up the boutique and are eating steaks and are growing old and happily ever after as happy as you can be in a world overridden by zombies. I'm more upset now that they did all that than if they would have just caught a bullet from one of those Raiders. When Bill got clipped, I thought he was gone. I was like, fuck. I was pretty beat up. I was, oh no. I was starting to really like these guys. I mean, they're pretty fucking cool. It's a nice little story. A little bit of happiness. A little bit of reprieve from this fucked up world. Like they've built an oasis in a wasteland of death. I thought he was gone. He comes back. I'm all right, guys. Let's keep this thing rolling. How are we going to help Joel? How are we? What's going to go? What's happening next? How are we fitting into the plot line? They get old and they both take the poison. I mean, the most romantic gesture. Move aside, Shakespeare. Move aside, buddy. The most romantic gesture ever caught on screen. Yeah, dude. I put enough. I put enough pills to kill a rhinoceros in the wine bottle, or to kill a horse. Excuse me in the wine bottle. We'll be all right. They have the funny spat. The government are all Nazis. Well, yeah, now they're making you laugh. They're making you happy for a second. You forget that everybody's dead. And then they just pull the fucking plug to old age. That shit. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Cut deep. One of the most emotional episodes of TV I've ever watched. And I know it didn't really progress the plot other than now Joel can use his truck. But I'll tell you what, I don't even care. It was an hour 20 where I was sitting there like, this is unreal. This is incredible writing. I'm happy this is happening. It adds context to like, this is why I loved it so much. It adds context to like what living in that world was like. Like finding happiness in that world. It shows that it exists. And at the same time, their downfall isn't this crazy world. It isn't a fungi that takes over the earth. It isn't the government becoming Nazis. Their their downfall is they just got old. The same shit that's going to happen to you and me. That, that. Love will abide. It comes in time. And that's what I like. Fuck, man. R.I.P. Bill and Frank. Hell of an episode. Can't wait for the next. Last thing I want to say today. Bought a candle. I went to CVS today and I bought a candle. I did. Bought a couple other things, but I did buy a candle. The one I have, it's like there's been that much wax in it for like a week. It just won't burn. It sucks. Lights, burns out, done. The wick's done. Now maybe 
I just am thinking of this now. Maybe I could have bought in a new wick to burn the rest of the wax, but there wasn't much left and it was time. Let's get a new scent, little uh, feng shui change up, if you will. Let's, it's fine. We'll get a new candle. I'm thinking, all right, what's a candle? Five bucks, 10 bucks for a nice one. I go into CVS and I know my mother's told me, God bless her. CVS is a ripoff. Don't do your shopping at CVS. I've been warned. I go in there to buy a candle, dude. The cheapest one they have is 15 bucks. Since when do candles cost $15? Why the fuck were Pablo Escobar and uh, what's the guy? What's the Mexican guy? Uh, What's the, the El Chapo? What the hell are those guys doing getting mixed up with cocaine and weed and whatever else? Bro, corner the fucking candle game, dude. Are you kidding me? $15 for a candle? This thing's going to burn out in a couple weeks. They don't even, they smell pretty good. They don't smell that great, I don't think. I'm not, it's not food. I'm not like having a great time. I'm just paying for my apartment to smell kind of better when it's lit. 15 bucks for a candle, dude? That's nearly three Little Caesars pizzas. They're both going to make your place smell incredible. And I can eat the pizzas. They're damn straight. I'm going to have a full tummy with the pizzas. And a girl will be impressed. She don't know. Look, the box is gone. The pizza's been eaten. She doesn't know what kind of pizza is. Uh, uh, yeah, I did order pizza from, uh, I can't remember the name, but it's like 50 bucks a pie. Really good pizza. She doesn't know it was Little Caesars. It's all pizza, baby. She can't tell. Fuck. If I have to, I yeah, I get saw so I was at CVS. There's this new pizza flavored candle. Kind of wanted to try it out. I already blew it out. I wanted the place to smell nice before you got here. 15 bucks for a candle. That is bananas to smell eh, pretty good for like 30 minutes. I, who who runs the candle game? Honestly, because they I don't even know how you make wax, but it seems pretty easy. And then you just put a little thing of paper in there and fucking that's it. Just put it in a glass canister. Whoever's cornering the candle game, I assume there's one big one out there, an Apple, a Google of candles, Amazon of candles. Whoever it is, the number one manufacturer of candles in the world, that dude is sitting on a yacht on the island aside from the continent that he or she bought. $15 for a candle? I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm like, no shit, minimum wage is getting raised. Bro. Forget about food. They're never going to have a candle. 15 bucks for one? Uh Uh-uh, man. Uh Uh-uh. And I got me thinking, my parents, my mom, like people who who do a lot of the fragrance stuff, a lot of the candles, you got to be fucking pulling in cash. I'm going to have to pick and choose when this thing gets lit. It's like a Tuesday night. I'm not doing much. Just watching TV. I got to light it. Fucking dead in my tracks. Nah, not today. You're not lighting that. Not unless you sold a t-shirt. I can't, you light that candle. That's a dollar 50, son. Fucking hey, 15 bucks for a candle. <laughs> I'm going to spend a quarter of my Roth IRA buying candles when I'm 80. Unreal. Good for, good for CVS and good for Mr. Can. Whoever Yankee, Dr. Yankee, Joseph F. Yankee, whoever invented him, good for you. That's all I got this week, folks. Appreciate the support. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back Friday.